powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives have become unmanageable. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. That's Romans 7.18. So in principle one, which powerless is part of principle one, we realize we're not God. We admit we are powerless to control our tendency to do the wrong thing and that our lives have become unmanageable. As soon as we take this step and admit that we are powerless, we start to change. We see that our old ways of trying to control our hurts, habits, and habits didn't work. They were buried by our denial and held on to with our false sense of power. We're like that girl with the backpack in the video. She's weighed down by rocks, and some of those rocks in my backpack I put in myself, and others were bricks that people gave to me and I added to that backpack, and so it got really heavy. So my desire for you is to is for you to put down your backpack, jump in the water, and live free of those serenity robbers. So we'll talk about what those are tonight. Today we're going to focus... Today, I mean, today we're going to focus on four actions, and these are on the um, one side of that insert. There are four things. It's two things that we need to stop doing and two things we need to start doing in our recovery. So if we take those four actions, we will complete principle one. So um, the first action is to stop denying the pain. In a previous lesson that we had on denial, uh, we said our denial had at least six negative effects. It disables our feelings, it wastes our energy, it negates our growth, isolates us from God, and it alienates us from our relationships and lengthens our pain. Hopefully you can relate to that, you know. If I don't see it, I'm fine, but really, I'm not. We are ready to accept principle one when our pain is greater than our fear. In Psalm 6, 2-3, David talks about a time when he came to the end of his emotional and physical resources. Pity me, O Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, for my body is sick, and I am upset and disturbed. My mind is filled with apprehension and with gloom. When David's pain finally surpassed his fear, he was able to face his denial and feel the reality of his pain. In the same way, if we want to be rid of our pain, we must face it and go through it. So the second action we need to take is to stop playing God. We're either going to serve God or serve self. You can't do both. Matthew 6.24 says, You cannot be a slave of two masters. You will hate one and love the other, You will be loyal to one and despise the other. When our self is out of control, all attempts at control of self or others fail. In fact, our attempt to control ourselves and others is what got us into trouble in the first place. So God needs to be the one in control. There's two jobs, right? God's job and my job. (laughs) And we have... I, and I know for myself, I was trying to do God's job, and, it, and I couldn't. 
A simpler way to say the first three steps in, in the Celebrate Recovery um, steps is to say, I can't, he can, and I think I'll let him. On the flip side, he won't do our job. We need to do the footwork. We need to admit that we are not God and that our lives are unmanageable without him. Then we, when we have finally emptied ourselves, God will have room to come in and begin his healing work. So now we'll go to the third action, which is to start admitting our powerlessness. The lust of power is not rooted in our strengths, but our weaknesses. We need to realize that our human weaknesses and we need to realize our human weaknesses and quit trying to do it by ourselves. We need to admit that we are powerless and turn our lives over to God. Jesus knew how difficult this is. He said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19:26. When we keep doing things that we don't want to do, and when we fail to do the things we've decided we need to do, we begin to see that we do not, in fact, have the power to change that we thought we had. Life is coming into focus more clearly than ever before. So the last action we need to take is to start admitting that our lives have become unmanageable. The only reason we consider that there's something wrong or that we need to talk to somebody or that we need to take this step is because we finally are able to admit that some area or all our areas of our lives have become unmanageable. It is with this admission that we finally realize we are out of control and powerless to do anything on our own. When I got to this part of my recovery, I shared David's feelings that he expressed in our Bible reading today, which included verse 12, Problems far too big for me to solve are piled higher than my head. Meanwhile, my sins, too many to count, have all caught up with me, and I am ashamed to look up. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Only when your pain is greater than your fear will you be ready to honestly take the first step, admitting that you are powerless and your life is unmanageable. Besides feeling like David, I could also really relate to Jonah. Jonah tried to avoid God's plan, and he ended up being thrown overboard. He prayed, I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. But you, O Lord, snatched me from the jaws of death. That's Jonah 2, 5 to 6. So for myself, um, in 1995, I was dying inside and out. I was physically and spiritually sick, not able to stop using drugs and alcohol, not caring anymore. And God gave me a spark of hope, the, the willingness to do something new. So I surrendered my powerlessness to God, and my life changed. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Today, our acrostic will help us to focus in on the first half of principle one, powerless. So that's on the other side of your handout. Our acrostic demonstrates what happens when we admit we are powerless. We begin to give up our serenity robbers, the things that come between us and God, those rocks in the backpack.
The first letter in the acrostic is P. We begin to see we are no longer trapped by our pride. Pride ends in a fall while humility brings honor. It's Proverbs 29:23. And we could illustrate this with an equation which says ignorance plus power plus pride equals a deadly mixture. Because we're using our heads, right? And we know what we need to do. But so often it's not the right path. So our false pride undermines our faith and it cuts us off from God and others. When God's presence is welcome, there is no room for pride because he makes us aware of our true selves. So I know several years ago I realized that pride was a, a defect that I needed to work on. It was robbing me of joy in many areas. Um, I have vision loss. I have retinitis pigmentosa, which means I don't have the peripheral. And I also have macular degeneration, which means I have trouble in the middle. Well, I didn't want to ask for help, you know, because all my life I've been this independent, um, professional woman, you know, just always on my own and, and self-reliant it just you know and that was how I was raised you know is we, we, we can take care of ourselves yeah so of course I wanted to stay independent and self-sufficient for instance I didn't want to ask for a ride anywhere because I love to drive and I wanted to go when I wanted to go so I kept driving long past when it was safe Luckily, there were no accidents. I had to realize that asking for help is not a weakness. It's a strength. It blesses the person I was asking, and it blesses me. And so um, I could lay down being stuck in pride. I learned to humble myself, admit my need, and ask for help. Ah, and that's such a relief. <laughs> Next, we begin to lose the only ifs. That's the O in powerless. Have you ever had a case of the only ifs? Only if you hadn't walked out on me. Only if I had stopped drinking sooner. Only if I had treated my kids better. Only if I had a different job, a different husband, a different house, you know, um, so only if this and only if that. How reluctantly the mind consents to reality and the truth. But when we admit that we are powerless to change the past, we start walking in the truth rather than living in the fantasy land of rationalization. Luke 12, 2 to 3 tells us, Whatever is covered up will be uncovered, and every secret will be made known. So then whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in broad daylight. The next letter in powerless is W, which stands for worrying. I'm there. This is one of my things that I, I, I work on is anxiety, you know. So, but don't tell me worrying doesn't work because everything I worry about doesn't happen. <laughs> right? I spend a lot of time wasted on worry. 
But worry is a form of not trusting God. Instead of worrying about things that we cannot possibly do, we need to focus on what God can do. For me, I keep a copy of the serenity prayer in my pocket. Um, and, it's, and it's in my heart. And, and at this point, I've memorized it. But I used to have a little card so that I could remember it. And it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. By working on the program of Celebrate Recovery and completing the steps, we can find that trust, that relationship with the one and only higher power, Jesus Christ, so that the worrying begins to go away. Matthew 6.34 tells us, don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. Such good advice. The next thing that happens when we admit we are powerless is that we quit trying to escape. That's the E. I gotta tell you, I, I used to have a sports car, a Mustang. And whenever things would kind of be going bad, I wanted to get in my car and drive till I ran out of money. That was my thought. You know, that was, that's how I was gonna fix things. And maybe you haven't done that literally, but I think maybe once in a while our minds go there. I could just get out. I could just leave. So before we admitted we were powerless, we tried to escape and hide from our hurts, habits, and hang-ups by getting involved in unhealthy relationships, by spending money we don't have, by abusing drugs or alcohol, by eating too much, not eating, starting new relationships, because that'll fix it, and so on. Well, trying to escape pain drains us of precious energy. Um, when we take this first step, however, God opens true escape routes to show his power and grace. For light is capable of showing up everything for what it really is. It is even possible for light to turn the thing it shines upon into light also. Ephesians 5, 13 and 14. Okay, the R. The R in powerless stands for resentment. So, you know, this is not just, I don't like somebody, but this is, I hate this person so much that all I can think about is this person, and they're in my mind all the time, and everybody I meet reminds me of them, and I can't sleep, and, you know, it's way more than anger or not liking somebody. Well, if it's suppressed and allowed to fester, resentments can act like emotional cancer. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, 26-27, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. So as we continue to work the principles, looking at the harm that's been done to us, as well as how we have hurt others, we will come to understand that in letting go of our resentments, by offering our forgiveness to those we who have hurt us and by um, making amends to people that we have hurt, we are not just freeing the person who harmed us. We are freeing ourselves. And you might have seen that on a few of those signs tonight. You know how free that is. I mean today. I keep going tonight because we usually meet at night. <laughs> 
When we try to maintain our false power, we become isolated and alone. That's the Ellen powerless loneliness. When we admit that we are powerless and start to face reality, we will find that we do not have to be alone. In my addiction, I was so alone. I thought no one had ever sunk as low as me. I had let my pharmacy profession down. I had neglected my family. Um, I couldn't look anyone in the eye and admit what I had done. But I went to treatment. I got cleaned up, and I started to see my self-worth through other people's eyes. I still didn't believe it for myself. But I felt their love for me even when I couldn't love myself. And I had support I never dreamed of through the rooms of recovery. Um, and a loving God who never gave up on me. Do you know that loneliness is a choice? In recovery and in Christ, you never have to walk alone again. Do you know that caring for the lonely can cure loneliness? It can. Get involved. Get involved in the church or in, or in your neighborhood or, you know, wherever you see a need. We have um, one lady at the church that, or a couple people at the church that volunteer at the R Center, you know, and they're helping out others. And by that, it helps them. So it's really a great thing. So there's a verse that says, continue to love each other with true brotherly love. Don't forget to be kind to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. When we admit we are powerless, we also give up another E, the emptiness. When we finally admit that we are truly powerless by ourselves, that empty feeling deep inside, that cold wind that blows through us, will go away. Jesus said, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. John 10.10 So let him fill the emptiness inside. Tell him how you feel. He cares. And next you will notice that you are becoming less self-centered. The first S stands for selfishness. Luke 17:33 tells us whoever clings to his life shall lose it and whoever loses his life shall save it. Simply said, selfishness is at the heart of most problems between people. And the last thing we give up when we admit we are powerless is separation. Some people talk about finding God as if he could ever be lost. When we can't find God, we need to ask ourselves who moved I'll give you a hint. It wasn't God. <laughs> For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels won't and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died for us. Romans 8, 38 to 39. So, the power to change comes only from God's grace. Are you ready to put down your backpack? At least take some of the rocks out? Are you ready to truly begin a journey of recovery? Are you ready to stop denying pain? Are you ready to stop playing God? Are you ready to start admitting your powerlessness? 
to start admitting that your life has become unmanageable. So if you are, share it with another person today. Um, the Celebrate Recovery folks, we all have these, but, you know, to the pastor or anybody here, you know, that, that we are here for you. And don't go home, you know, with something in your heart that you need to share. When we admit we are powerless, we need a power greater than ourselves to restore us. That power is our higher power, Jesus Christ. Right? Whew. Let's pray. Dear God, your word tells me that I can't heal my hurts, hang-ups, and habits by just saying that they are not there. Help me. Parts of my life, or all of my life, are out of control. I now know that I cannot fix myself. It seems the harder that I try to do the right thing, the more I struggle. Lord, I want to step out of my denial into the truth. I pray for you to show me the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, everybody. My name is Bill, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. And my struggle has been with alcohol and drugs, and the main issue is Bill. That's really not my identity anymore. My identity is I'm a child of God. And uh, I could pick a, a lot of different topics from stuff I work on. But tonight or today, I'm just going to talk about, uh, about my a cigarette addiction that I used to have. Um, it was crazy. I mean, I tried to quit smoking, I think, every day for two years. And, uh, I mean, I tried everything. I, I would smoke while I was wearing a patch. I don't recommend that to anybody. But I would buy friends packs of cigarettes so I wouldn't feel guilty when I bum a cigarette off them. And uh, it was just amazing. I, you know, nothing I could do would uh, take and stop me from smoking. I'd be smoking like a pack, pack and a half a day. And every time I tried to quit... I'd get this, like, cigarette hangover where I'd be actually physically ill for a day or two. And, uh, and, and that didn't stop me. And uh, I'd buy a pack of cigarettes, and I'd come home, and I'd rip them, suck. I'd take a, one out and take a drag or two off it and wonder, what the heck am I doing? And get angry. I'd rip that pack of cigarettes up, throw it in the trash. Two hours later, I'm digging them back out of the trash and taping them together. And I'd be smoking a couple drags on them, you know, and it was just insane. And I come to the conclusion I was completely powerless. I'd had no control. And, you know, I also had some trust and faith because God got me away from the alcohol and drugs and he helped me on other issues because the alcohol and drugs, like Bob was saying, is just a symptom. And so I could rely on God. And I hit my knees that day. And I asked him to please take this from me. And he did. He did in a miraculous way. Because I had been smoking like a pack, pack and a half that very day when I quit. 
I'd never got sick at all. None of it. And I hadn't, uh, I didn't want to smoke. And, you know, this went on. And I had like six months away from it. And I had to go repair an air conditioner at this one facility. And I knew when I went there, I was going to bum a cigarette off the mechanic. I knew it. I turned around and went up into the HVAC office and got a hold of one of my working partners, and I switched jobs with him. He got to go do the, the clean work on an air conditioner, and I wound up crawl, working on a dirty air handler. And, uh, but the whole thing is, I didn't smoke that day. And it was like I became allergic to it. Every time I smelled a cigarette, it was like a dirty ashtray. And... I had one no parts of it. And so I've been free from cigarettes for 19 years now. And all the glory goes to God. It's just amazing to me, you know, when I get, if I get humble and turn things over to God, I'm, I know I'm powerless. And it helps me to become humble. And God takes care of me. And so... Praise God. Thank you. Hi, my name is Deb, and my struggles had been with uh, alcohol, nicotine, and pride. So please join me in the conclusion of our meeting with the prayer for serenity. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. And I just want to say I am a grateful believer in God and a child of God. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for coming. And um, we have literature back in the foyer, in the lobby there, if you would like to check out that. And um, also, um, you know, if you felt, if you would like to talk to one of us, we'll be hanging around for a while.
And so if you know anyone that's hurting, the best thing you can do is give them one to celebrate recovery Bible. Thank you. I guess we're dismissed.